In 2016, Lowell Center for Public Opinion at the University of Massachusetts conducted an opinion poll on the upcoming presidential election among people aged 18 to 35. They were asked which outcome they preferred, Donald Trump's election, Hillary Clinton's election, or for a giant meteor to crash into the earth eliminating all life. Some 23% of those polled chose the meteor, which led to a slew of late night TV jokes and a revitalization of the, bump, of the bumper sticker industry. Giant meteor 2016 just ended already. The question was tongue in cheek, but the dissatisfaction and despair it correlates with it are not. We're a long way from its morning again in America. If young people felt pretty jaded in 2016, you can guess how much worse it's gotten since then. It's gotten so bad that in another survey conducted early this year by American Public Media, one quarter of Americans reported that nothing gave them hope for the future. Nothing. 25% have lost hope. We live in a cynical age where trust has been lost in people and institutions. And why should we be surprised? Even though many institutions and leaders have indeed failed us, some people have a lot to gain by stoking the fires of cynicism. Cynicism sells. You can amass an adoring crowd if you can make them believe that everyone is untrustworthy except for you that you are the only one who really knows the truth. Such people, be they politicians, pundits, or clergy, can make enemies out of friends and strangers out of neighbors, all to enrich themselves. Cynicism is nothing new, though. It goes back to the garden, when the serpent undermines trust in God by offering an alternative fact regarding God's motives for placing the tree off limits. It surfaces in King David's reign when David puts Uriah at the front of the battlefield so that he'll be killed, so that, he, so that David can cover up his rape of Bathsheba. Cynicism even shows up in John's Gospel at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Philip tells Nathanael, We have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathaniel's response? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? During Jesus' trial, cynicism rears its ugly head again. After Jesus tells Pilate he came into the world to testify to the truth, Pilate sneers, what is truth? And if Jesus was the recipient of cynical mistrust, you can bet the disciples were too. Fifty days after Jesus had a last meal with his friends, the day of Pentecost arrives. Jesus has told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit descends upon them with power. That will be their cue to leave the city, to be Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth. On that day, the Spirit descends in fire and wind. Those gathered begin speaking in other languages. 
But this isn't gobbledygook. This is the spirit sign of the gospel's reach. The gospel is about to go out into the world. Everyone will be able to understand it as those gathered in Jerusalem that day understood their own native languages. However, not everyone receives the sign for what it is. There's cynicism, even here. Some dismiss it out of hand despite all the evidence of their ears. They're filled with new wine. They're drunk. That's all it is, no more and no less. It doesn't matter that they're hearing other intelligible language, real language from Galileans, who were considered little better than backwater hicks in those days. What they see and hear does not and cannot fit into their understanding of how the world works. So Peter gets up and begins to preach. And what follows is a sermon of just how God is doing something new. How God is radically including new people into God's promises. As it turns out, the Galileans are indeed filled with new wine, but it's not that kind of wine. It's the new wine of the gospel. It's the new wine of the Holy Spirit poured out for all people. Men and women, young and old alike, are recipients of this gift. Doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. The Spirit brings new life in the risen Lord who could not be held by the powers of death. This new life in the Spirit is for you. It's for all the baptized. And Jesus Christ is the center of this new life. In contrast to the powers that sow mistrust and discord, that profit off of cynicism. Jesus Christ brings people together. On that Pentecost day, a group of Galilean Jews filled with the Holy Spirit began speaking the languages of other Jews who were gathered in Jerusalem from other parts of the world. This sign encouraged many to listen to Peter's preaching where he shared the good news of Jesus with them. Some 3,000 would be baptized, becoming siblings and fellow members of the body of Christ. This is just the beginning in the book of Acts, as even more unlikely people are brought into the church. Samaritans, who were hated enemies of the Jews, an Ethiopian eunuch, a Roman centurion, the oppressor is brought into the church, and a prison guard. This is the opposite of cynicism. In Jesus, we are reconciled with God and with each other. Enemies are made friends, and strangers become neighbors. The gospel is truly the antidote to cynicism. James, Macy, Natalie, Luke, Diego. You're taking a big step today against the powers that sow cynicism in our world. Today, you say yes to the power of the Holy Spirit that is already within you, that's been there from your baptism. You say yes to the power of Jesus Christ to bring love out of hate and life out of death. You say yes to 
to our God and Father who created us and all that exists. The vows your parents made at your baptism are now yours to live out. They're yours. In a few moments, you will promise to strive for five things your whole life. To live among God's faithful people. To hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper. To proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed. To serve all people following the example of Jesus. And the fifth one, to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. They're the same vows that everybody in this room has made. Those who have been those who have been baptized and confirmed in Christ. They're not a checklist. You don't get to say, well, check that one off. Checked off, strive for justice and peace in all the earth. No, now you have the opportunity to live out these vows your entire life. Undoubtedly, you will be tempted to cynicism sometimes. You will be tempted to mistrust and perhaps even to despair. But God in Christ through the Spirit has brought you into this family of God and continues to renew you every single day. In this family, we struggle and strive together because we know by faith what St. Paul knew. All things, all things work for good for those who love God. That's an extraordinary thing for him to have said. And yet it's true. You are Christ's own. You're sent out with the Spirit. As are the rest of us. So let's leave cynicism behind and grow in faith and trust of God as revealed to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, proclaimed in, through the power of the Spirit. That's our striving, that's our call, and that's our joy. Thanks be to God. Amen.